Welcome to Meaty Medicine, uh, where two uh, good-looking lads sit down and chew the fat <laughs> about all things medicine. We are here for episode 11 on the 25th of April, 2021, and I want to take a moment uh, to give it up for our, <laughs> our uh, for the Anzacs. Mm, That's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm. the great sacrifice many years ago. Um, and because of them, uh, we can do what we do today. Mm. And it is on their shoulders that we stand, and it is on the shoulders of Cave and Garvey that this episode, nay, this partnership and this concept stands. <laughs> Brother, how is it going? Oh, it's been it's going all right, Dwayne. Yeah. It's been yeah. an eventful weekend, to say the least. <laughs> uh, my body's been under a lot of strain yes. with a acute abdominal slash back pain on yes. the Friday night and yes. uh, experience in ED on yeah. the Saturday morning after I butchered my fingers while mm. cutting an onion. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I think we've just got to address the elephants in the room. Yes, which is... the white elephants. <laughs> the painfully white elephants in the room. We have a, a live studio audience we today. Do. We do. Um, they say life is all about the W's and the words, but tonight we've got two L's in the room. Uh, Liam Lowe, mm. Liam Lowe of great Ballarat fame, and, uh, yes. and Larissa Schultz, mm. Larissa Schultz of great Bavarian fame by way of Germany and Malaysia. As we sit here, Liam is uh, knitting, uh, as he always does, at the keyboard. Um, and he's actually got his earplugs in. It just shows the absolute disrespect to, to the medical genius at play here. Mm, while Larissa's doing your laundry. She is. She is. <laughs> Absolutely outed. Um, <laughs> let's move strongly on. That's it. Well, mate, you mentioned acute abdominal stress mm. you mentioned emergency department mm. you mentioned um you know just i guess a brush with the health system mm. over the weekend and i'll tell you one thing one of the most common presentations one of the most meatiest presentations uh, if one might say as you take your 17th sip of rum and coke <laughs> ladies and gentlemen before we get into the rum and coke i just want to let you know that Kevin has decided to introduce alcohol to these podcasts and he has and it's just a little tipple but tonight, he has bought over a 1.5 liter bottle of rum with approximately a sparrow's fart worth of rum, of rum in it. And somehow, he has managed to skip up of skid, skid alcohol. But mm. that won't land you in the hospital, Caven's mm. pouring skills. But one thing that will is tonight's topic, isn't it, Caven? Acute mm. appendicitis. Mm. Yeah, so acute appendicitis is a really common. Uh, presentation in the emergency department, mm, mm. especially amongst kids. If yeah. you have a kid coming in with like acute abdominal pain, mm. uh, that should definitely be pretty high on your list of differentials. Yeah. Um, I think with the epidemiology, off mm. the top of my head, I think it was eight percent. Yeah. Of yeah, is your mm. lifetime risk. Yeah. And the peak incidence I'm just looking at now is. 10 to 19 mm. years of age, so in your teenage years, yeah. slash pre-teenage years. Yeah, exactly. Well. That's yeah. when you're most likely to have um, appendicitis. But what actually is appendicitis, Dwayne? Mate, uh, I'm a simple man, and the appendix, essentially. Mate, the appendix is like... The D student. Oh, yo, we are going to have an argument. I'm just laying out the common man. Okay. Because a lot of the people on the street Mm. who listen to us, because 
I mean, it's, this is a popular podcast. Oh, almost everyone, massive. Almost everyone listens to us. <laughs> um, but appendicitis is essentially acute inflammation of the appendix. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and essentially, yes, there are there are sort of two sort of families under there: mm. uncomplicated and complicated. Essentially, uncomplicated. You know, there's no mental complications happening on the back of it as you chuckle because I've literally said uncomplicated means no complications. <laughs> Whereas when you're thinking complication, that's your big surgeries, yeah. um, you know, when it can spill into the peritoneal space, <clears throat> uh, gangrene, etc. But yeah. appendicitis, right off the bat, acute inflammation of the appendix. So with regard to the appendix, yeah, what actually is an appendix? <laughs> Mate, an appendix actually in an assignment mm. is an addition to it's where you put uh, information so it doesn't come in your word count. Sides, that's yeah. right, that's right. Um, <laughs> what, but I believe the appendix, and you might, you, you've asked this question to obviously flex on me because you know more of this than I do. Oh, no, I was actually hoping your anatomy but, was better. But I feel like it's like, it's like this, it comes just before. Is it just before the cecum, just around the cecum? I think it's around the area yeah. of the cecum. Yes. So yeah. that's the area where the small intestine becomes the yeah. large intestine. Yeah. 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 I think it's, yeah, isn't it outpoaching off the cecum? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Someone yes. can double check. Liam Lowe has, has given the big thumbs up. Oh, this is up. so good. This yeah, is like fantastic. This now. is This is the bullshit indicator, <laughs> essentially. Usually we wait for like... Mm. The, <laughs> it's a blind, blind outpouch. Blind it's a blind outpouch out exactly. of the secret. Mm. That's that's a man. You can tell whose father is yeah. a surgeon. Shout out to shout out to GI surgeon. That's it. Yeah, the reason I like lent into this though is yeah. because I want to give a shout out to one of my tutors last year, wow. Rowena. Wow. Lovely woman, beautiful yep. woman, yep. Um, extremely qualified. I think yep. she's a lawyer, a doctor, yep. and probably an engineer as well. That's but. the Indian parents' dream. <laughs> no, she was Swedish. Uh, Swedish That's why I said the Indian parents' dream. Ah, right. Because she has yeah. a European passport yeah. as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a double yes. take. Um, but as much as I respect her, the one thing we butted heads about yep. was the appendix. Wow. Because... In recent times, the appendix has become a bit of a political issue, Dwight, in the sense that she was strongly... Welcome back to Meezy Medicine. Part two. Uh, yes, the two. Uh, laptop had a seizure, but we're back. Um, so I was talking about Rowena. Rowena going on yeah. the Arctic trip. Yeah, and she wanted to go on this Arctic trip. Um, but the requirement for the doctor was they needed to have a appendicectomy wow. uh, preemptively, such right. that, so that because obviously if they got appendicitis, like on the yeah. trip, there's oh. no doctor for them. Well, I mean, right? and especially because she would be the doctor. Yes, yes, ah. which is problematic this to is, say the this least. This is a lot of red tape. But she turned down going on the trip because she wanted to keep her appendix that much. Because wow. she's a strong advocate in the appendix community for, for the fact that even though Darwin labelled it a vestigial organ, yes, yes, and some people like are proponents of the fact that it is a vestigial organ. Mm, mm. In recent time, a lot of research has come out showing that it's like has use as, I think, a reservoir for, like, useful gut bacteria oh, okay. or something right, like that. Right, right, right. So 
Uh, it's definitely not essential though. So yeah, appendectomy yeah, yeah. is a good. Like, but it's treatment. not. It's not useless. Yeah, not useless. and I've always viewed it kind of as just this useless thing that yeah. its only thing is going to be to like get in. That's what. That's what I said. I'm like, mate, what's the point of yeah, this? What's yeah. The, it's like that. You know, I mean, I'm not sure how in touch with your Indian side you are, <laughs> but every Indian family's got that one auntie. Mm. You know, and just brings nothing to the table, <laughs> but just stagnant negativity. <laughs> yeah. And and that's what I felt that the appendix was. Yeah. You don't realize it's there mm. until it gets until it flares up, just full of crap and, and all starts that sort of stuff. spewing, and stuff, starts spewing. Right? And yeah. then the next minute, you've got this this pain in your stomach, <laughs> and you can't eat because your auntie's just hamming in on you, and it's nauseating. But yeah. but I'm open to mm. I'm open to changing up uh, my my view of that. Yeah. If you near perilously close to that wine goblet of rum and coke, whilst I am yet to take my second sip. All right. Well, <clears throat> moving on. What what causes appendicitis? Yeah. yeah. Well, mate. Um, as 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 in many things in medicine, mm. there's a lot of reasons we're here to get to the meat. Mm. Um, so essentially, you mentioned in kids. This is mm. quite common in adolescents, ten to nineteen. Is that peak incidence? So, a most common cause in children and young adults, uh, we're talking about lymphoid tissue hyperplasia. Okay. Um, so, there's a lot of uh, you know immune cells congregating in tissues. Um, I'm guessing they just go a bit ham rogue. Yeah. And that can cause an obstruction of the uh, lumen of the appendix. Yeah. So basically, you get an inflamed appendix mm. as soon as there's any kind of obstruction, yep. which yep. is going to cause stasis, and yep. I think predispose you to like infection yeah, and things like yeah, that if you yeah, aren't having proper yeah. motility through Absolutely. that area. Absolutely. Um, so like you said, in yeah. kids, yeah. Um, the most common cause is lymphoid tissue hyperplasia, sure. so just abnormal hypergrowth yep. in blo- yep. causes a blockage, um, whereas the most common cause in adults is uh, fecal stasis mm. or fecalic. Mm. Is fecal lith impacted feces? I don't know. I, I think, and, and this is the thing, is that yeah. it's fecal lith. I want you to imagine, you know when you're on a construction site okay. and, and they're, you know, like they're digging, they're digging into the soil because they want to get the foundations in there. And, and it's quite sort of soft soil. But if you have a bit of rain, yeah. you know, you can get those, you know, a bit of sort of an accumulation of soil that almost becomes like rock. Oh, but it's not, right. it's not rock. Yeah, I know you know what I mean? Mean, And if you like chuck it on the yeah, concrete, it might break yeah, off yeah. and stuff. But it, mm. that's essentially what a fecalith is. Right. I have touched a fecalith before. <laughs> Very off range flex. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but tell that's me it. more. No, I have touched it, and it when I dropped it um, into the. Uh, this was in surgery. <laughs> <laughs> this is in surgery. Ah, I don't yeah. have a fecalith yeah. fetish. You know? uh, no, this was in surgery, and it, mm. it, it did feel. Like that, and it made that similar sound. Ah. So it's like I would I wouldn't say semi solid, but mm. it, 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 it's it, it's pretty solid, but not rock. Mm. I guess you mm. know. And and if you drop it on a sort of a specimen bowl or a metal plate or something like that, little bits of poo come off. Right. So fecalith <laughs> is a hardened mass right. of feces. Exactly. Yep. Okay. And sometimes mm. the rest of the track can cause constipation. Yeah. Over here, it's going to block up the appendix, lead us on our way for exactly. appendicitis. Perfect. So those are the two kind of causes. Yeah. Um, so, and we talked about, I don't know, for pathophys, we yeah. talked about basically you get a blockage. Yeah. You get stasis. Yeah. Inflammation. That's right. Um, maybe we'll talk about the clinical picture and then we mm. can come back to, because mm. obviously we'll need to talk about the peritoneum for a little bit. Sure. And that's like... <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, we'll come back to the pathophys maybe of yep. the symptoms. Yep. Um, so, Dwayne, what does someone sitting in the emergency department with appendicitis yes. look like? Obviously, you know, they don't all look the same. No. What are some symptoms yeah. that are going to... Welcome back to Meaty Medicine, <laughs> dropout number three. So we were talking about symptoms, Dwayne, yes. of appendicitis. That's right. So the main, the main thing is abdominal pain, right? Um, they often lose their appetite. they presenting with nausea, vomiting, fever, right? So if we really get into the meat of it, which is the abdominal pain, how it manifests really or what they describe really depends on how early it is yeah. in the actual genesis or generation of the process of appendicitis. Yeah. yeah? So, and I think you, you mentioned we're going to go into the peritoneum and stuff like that yeah, later. Yeah. But initially, yeah. patients describe sort of a diffuse, hard to localize pain sort of around the umbilicus yep. or their belly button. Yep. Right? Now, the reason why it's, it's difficult to localize is because visceral pain or pain associated with the organ mm. is very hard to localize. Yes. Right? And the nerves that it's actually irritating are sort of those lower thoracic nerves, about level of T8. Well, uh, T10. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's irritating the lower thoracic nerves. Right. I'd say that what's happening, like you said, is... Yeah. So the visceral peritoneum, so mm. the wrapping right around mm. the appendix, yeah. that is has got visceral innervation. Ah. So what that means is it's that not generalized yeah. innervation. But where if you trace back the nerves, is it at the level of T eight? Kind of like no? the nerves of the nerves that are innervating T eight and T ten yeah. yeah. are from the same origin oh, okay. as the okay. same nerves that are irritating that visceral that right. inner layer. Right. So what that means is when you get like visceral is irritation. Yeah. So in the inside, yeah. um, you don't get localized pain, but you yeah. get referred general oh, pain okay. Okay. in the dermatomal pattern, sure. Sure. depending on what what the right. origin is. Right. So since the origin. Um, in this situation, um, I think the pain's referred to T8 to T10 dermatomes right. because the, they all co go back to right. the same nerve root. Is and that that's why they sense? feel that around the umbilicus. Yeah. Oh, so okay. a good, like, dermatome trick to remember, mm -hmm. you can come up with little rhymes to remember different ones, right. but I think for belly button, think belly butt 10, like belly butt 10, and then you got T10. Nah, that's actually a good one. Like, come on, give me that. That was that was quite good. I just wanted to. You just have. To, I think Cave and Garvey is just in pseudonym for a graveyard of memory tricks. So I was actually quite impressed by that. No, that's really good, and that's yeah, really good. And I'm yeah. glad you explained that to yeah. me because I I didn't quite understand. No, that no, well. so that's that's brilliant. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a really good thing. Whereas if if someone presents with that diffuse periumbilical pain, mm. although the thing you usually think about is right lower quadrant pain with appendicitis, mm. don't be so quick to rule out appendicitis mm. as, as, as one of your differentials uh, because it could be, it just might be quite early on in the sequelae, so it's not manifesting, mm. you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what, so what actually then causes that manifestation of the typical right lower quadrant pain? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So like you said, first they're going to get that generalized like abdominal pain mm. in that T8 to T10 dermatome yeah. Yeah. because all that's happening is you're having this kind of inflamed appendix mm. that is 
um, irritating the inner surface of the yep. peritoneum, that visceral yep. wrapping right around it. Yep. But what happens is as the disease progresses, mm. as the inflammation gets worse, mm. that inflammation now starts to impinge upon the kind of outer wrapping, which is yep. the parietal peritoneum. Yep. Yep. And that layer of the peritoneum has a like more somatic, I don't know if that's mm. the correct word, but like localized yeah, yeah. innovation. Easier to pin down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. actually geographically you feel the pain yep. where the inflammation is yep. occurring. Yep. So as soon as you start hitting that um, parietal peritoneum, mm. now mm. you're going to start feeling the pain over the appendix. Yep. So that's why they call it migrating abdominal yes. pain. Yes. So it starts off diffusing that dermatomal visceral kind of pain. T8 to T10. Yeah, yep. and then yep. as soon as you start impinging on the parietal peritoneum, it's going to move down to the... <laughs> So, Kevin just moved to his left lower quadrant, um, whereas we're supposed to go to the right. My gesticulating is not in sync with the, uh, my thought process. It's a mirror. It's a mirror image. It's a mirror image. Um, yeah. So, no, and, and that point, idea. that point, it's got a special name, doesn't it? That there's this mythical point that, that oh, the appendix, yeah, that the appendicitis pain usually migrates to. You know? mm, I'm not sure, so you go. Yeah, that. look, I mean, back in the day, mm. there were two good friends, you know. Okay. Yeah, McDonald's and Bernie, you know, and this is this Wait, is this no, no, <laughs> no, essentially it's called McBurney's Point. McBurney's, right, okay. McBurney's Point is this mythical place that if you draw a line, <laughs> Right, you believe that. You no, I'm believe not sure that. whether you're joking. No, no, no. But McDonald's okay. and Birdies might have existed, but okay. they're not why it's called okay. Birdies. But no, if you draw a line mm. from the anterior superior iliac spine, right? Okay. Okay. I'm trying to feel it. Right. Like, to yeah. your umbilicus, to your belly button. Okay, I can do right? that. It's a diagonal line, right? Yeah. And if you imagine that you were a small ant or some sort of creature, that has migrated out of your pantaloons and is traveling from your anterior superior iliac spine to your umbilicus. Okay. One third along the way is where this mythical McBurney's point is. Oh. So starting from the ASIS, yeah. you're heading to the umbilicus. Yeah. One third of the way along mm. is the mythical McBurney's point. Okay. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. So that is roughly, I assume, where you're... Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is what the textbooks say. Oh. But I think if you're thinking in the context of the other non-specific symptoms that we're going to talk about, mm. um, along with this whole pattern of the fact that it was diffuse periumbilical pain mm. and then it's moved and now very localized mm. and very easy to point out mm. right lower quadrant, mm. even if it's at this this mythical landmark or not, mm. then you're thinking, oh, this might just be appendicitis. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Great. Um, I, one of the other non-specific symptoms mm. I wanted to mention mm. um, is the anorexia. Yes. So yes. that... In as a medical term, is referring to the loss of appetite. Mm. Um, and that actually occurs in up to 80% of yep. cases. Yep. So um, during my ED rotation, when mm. quite a few people have come in with appendicitis, yep. that's like a massive point in the history. Yep. And what they actually do is this thing called, as Larissa was talking about earlier, yep. called the hamburger sign. Yes. So um, what they actually do is, um, I've seen many of their ED consultants mm. do it now, if uh, to to screen for this, they basically go. If I had a massive plate of the first, they go, Dwayne, what's your favourite food? Mate, 
Curry and rice. Curry and rice. They get what kind of curry? Um, just a nice chicken curry. <laughs> nice chicken curry. Yeah. Okay. Well, they go, Dwayne. If yeah. I had a massive plate of your dad's best oh, chicken curry Fred. here right now, sitting in front of us, jeez, yep. Would you go to town on it? <laughs> Perhaps not the <laughs> basin. <laughs> yes, I would. I would go to town. See that, yeah. that and then yeah. that would be negative hamburger sauce. Oh, so that's okay. what it's called—the hamburger sauce. So the hamburger is not meaning hamburger. No. What I was saying is that there's a large community of our listeners <laughs> okay. because our listeners are very representative of the global population <laughs> who are vegetarian who are vegan. Yeah, you know, so they. Uh, so for you, it's the curry. It's side. the curry side. Yeah, so yeah. you can call it whatever yeah. you want. I think. Right. Back when they called named the sign, yeah, I assume hamburgers were on the on and off. Oh, I think they're enough. still fairly popular. I would say they are a huge thing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think hospitals <laughs> need to keep extending because of hamburgers, <laughs> amongst other yeah. things. So fair enough. All right. So they offer you a food uh, plate. Oh, no, food. so they don't actually offer you. No, no, they no, don't go no, back in the kitchen and get your dad's. <laughs> hey, real quick. Real quick, we know you're septic. I would just need you to wait. What's that? Beef? Yo, beef and no tomato sauce. No, no, no. But, but it's essentially you're, you're, you're acetating, is there a true loss of appetite? Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's how they do it. Um, so that actually is quite an important point in the diagnostic sure, criteria sure. to talk about sure. eventually. Um, so are there any other symptoms? You oh, look, I mean, there's a whole bucket of yeah. non-specific stuff. Nausea, vomiting. Mm. Um, you, you can tend to have a fever. Um, diarrhea, constipation, yes, but it is really, I think, the the migrating abdominal pain that you yep. explained fantastically well uh, to this mythical landmark of McBurney's point. But <laughs> let's think right lower quadrant, yeah. superior umbilical to right lower quadrant, yeah. and the the anorexia, the yeah. hamburger sign. No, absolutely no interest in food whatsoever. Yeah. All right. Um, well then, shall we? Oh, should we talk about clinical signs? Or are we pretty happy with that? I think, I, just, I think we could touch on a couple. Yeah. I so mean, basically, yeah. there's a whole bunch of different examination you can do yes. to kind of ascertain if it is appendicitis. And yeah. if a lot of these tests return positive, you're going to get more and more mm. confident. Mm. Mm. I don't know how many of them clinically yeah. use. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's, this, there's this one called the SOAS sign. Yes. Um, Shout out actually, to Sam Oler. <laughs> Shout out to Sam O from episode 10. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how high yield that one is. But I think the real meat is the whole idea of they should be showing signs of localized uh, peritoneal irritation over that right lower quadrant. So they're going to be guarding. Their abdomen's going to be rigid when you try to press on it. And if you did rebound tenderness there, um, you would get a positive result there yeah so yeah. a negative which, reaction from the patient yeah, <laughs> yeah so it would not be a positive reception no 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 um but and it's essentially why that's happening is rebound tenderness is when you're you push down yeah and you wait so obviously when you push down it's going to hurt sure because it's inflamed but you wait until the pain recedes sure. and then when you let go, let go. Yeah. the rebound um yeah. if the peritoneum is inflamed yeah. Yeah. um that is going to elicit yes. pain. You so, mentioned peritoneum, mm. and I saw you laying a trap for me before. Yeah. Do you want to quickly explain to our listeners what do you mean by peritoneum? What do I mean by peritoneum? Yeah, yeah. I mean because you've been dropping these dimes. <sighs> okay, and, yeah, we should explain. Maybe your listeners are Australia medical students. I've got half of New Zealand and their sheep. 
listening to this. So to the to the public, and even to me, yeah, it's yeah. good revision. Okay. It's good revision. Yeah. What do you mean by peritoneum? Okay, so peritoneum, oh God, you're putting me on the spot. But basically, the way I like to think of it is it's this, this massive membranous bag that's kind of yeah. just wrapped around, yeah. all, well, not all, but a lot of your yeah. abdominal content. Yeah. And um, it's 3D kind of anatomy is very difficult to describe yes. verbally, oh. so I'm not going to try. If this is not a push for a video <laughs> podcast very soon, I don't know what is. Um, but yeah. essentially, yeah, it's this kind of, if you imagine just like a bag yeah. that has been yeah. wrapped around yeah. a lot of your, a whole bunch of your abdominal viscera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I just think the key kind of point with reference to appendicitis mm. is the mm. idea that the inner layer is yep. viscerally innervated and yep. the outer layer is yep. somatically innervated. Yep. And, and in between those layers is something we call the peritoneal space, oh, right, yep. which is quite a sterile space. Yes. So things in yeah, content yeah. start to spill into this, which mm. we may or may not touch on later, not yeah. only for the appendicitis, but any organs. Yes. Then you run into a fair, fair bit of trouble. Ah, uh, okay. I see where, like you're yeah, yeah. where you're going. Yeah, where you're going. But essentially, yes. Bag covering whatever, and the space in the middle is a sterile. Yeah, space. yeah. Okay. Happy with that. Cool, cool, cool. Um, diagnostic approach. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the next that step. Is. <laughs> yeah. So, so the diagnostic approach. So appendicitis. Many, and I think you will probably be realizing this mm. in ED now, is that a lot of of diagnosis or, or where you're sort of leading to, it really hinges on the history. Yeah. Um, not only with appendicitis, but we talked last week with peptic ulcer disease. Mm. Um, for those who listened, and I think there was a big, <laughs> there was a big following of people who listened. Yeah, Larissa. Um, I want to take this opportunity corner, uh, to say that Larissa is <laughs> one of the coolest people ever in Ballarat, but she she has never listened to our podcast. She's made no secret of the fact that she does not want to listen. We had to bring the podcast to, to her. her yeah. To her and. And we just want to leave it there. Um, so, so thanks for folding my clothes. Um, so, so it is a it is a clinical uh, of the history, but we do want to confirm some stuff, mm. right? So, one of the things that we do is some blood tests. Mm. Okay, so you do, can do something called a full blood count, okay. and a full blood count is going to show an elevation in your white blood cells or your white cell count. Yeah. Your, WCC. I don't know why I said that, but I just thought I'd break it down. <laughs> okay, um, but but the thing is here is that having a normal white cell count does not rule out appendicitis. Oh, having okay. a normal white cell count does not rule out appendicitis. Okay. And, I'll, yeah. and I'll take this moment, one minute, to tell you a, a story related to this. Please. Having worked in, in pediatric cancer, mm. or we had a kid actually who had this diffuse grumbling abdominal oh. pain literally for six weeks. Literally for six weeks, yeah. and we were scanning him, and we were doing this blood test and that blood test. But the blood tests were useless because he was profoundly neutropenic because he was ten to fourteen days after having chemotherapy, oh, so he had no immune had system. No immune so it's, it was not going to manifest yeah. in the blood work. And actually, in the end, we only were able to visualize on scans that he had appendicitis mm. when his count started to recover. So when he actually oh, started okay. to build a proper, uh, his immune system started to bounce back yeah. post-chemo, this would have been, what, 20, 21 days after, mm. he's had this grumbling appendicitis, yeah. but it's not really shown up. And then, boom, within six hours, to, I think it was 12 hours, actually, yeah. we had to rush him into theater because his appendix had ruptured and oh, you know all that sort of yeah. stuff, but it just wasn't manifesting mm. how we would normally 
think. Do you the, remember if the pain ever migrated or was it always No, it was just always, it was always that diffuse. That makes sense. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. always diffuse. Yeah. So that's one thing to remember. Now, obviously, it's an extreme example with oncology because the immune systems are total, you know, different kettle yes. of fish there. But although you're expecting to see an increase in white cells mm. with appendicitis, just the fact that you have normal white cell count does not definitively rule out mm. appendicitis. And the other thing with that blood test mm. is... You met, You said there is an elevation in white yeah, cells, yeah. but uh, one thing that's useful to note mm. is it's it's not going to be a massive elevation. No, it's only no. going to be mild, mild and mild. it has this thing called left shift, mm. which mm. basically means there are white. Most of the elevation is due to neutrophils yeah. as opposed to yeah. other kinds of yeah. white that's right. um, blood cells. Yeah. So basically, yeah. there's a massive neutrophil. Well, yeah. I don't know about massive, but there's mm. a neutrophil. They would be dominating. Yeah. 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 Um, And on blood work, if there is a thing, you might see something called segmented neutrophils show up quite a lot. And that just means there's a lot of immature neutrophils being pumped into the system. That's a result of an acute inflammation because the marrow is pretty much working up, got this thing, and it's just pumping stuff out. Just sending them out the door, out of the barracks. That's it. Um, Okay. Uh, So that was the blood test. Mm. Mm. I think the easiest way to go about this would just be to talk about that scoring system yes. that is for diagnosis yes my so, favorite framework oh yeah go yeah, on <laughs> one of my favorite the the alvarado constant <laughs> i actually you know what i'm going to take a moment because i want to work out who alvarado is because, okay because essentially i thought it was El Dorado, which was actually a animated <laughs> movie but also a pack a brand of cigarettes oh. and i don't want to push the wrong information so i want to work out who Alvarado actually well, While you're doing that, yeah. Al- the Alvarado score is kind of one of these scoring systems they use to estimate the likelihood yeah. of appendicitis. Yeah. Um, and you basically just work your way down a list of symptoms, yeah. tick yes and no, yes. Uh, symptoms and signs. 100%. And then at the end, you kind of get some bracket of probability yes. of appendicitis. Yes, mate. I yeah. found <laughs> A. Alvarado. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what, in May 1986... <laughs> published a paper in the Annals of Emergency Medicine that said a practical score for the early diagnosis of acute appendicitis. There you go. So I want to give it, last week we had a shout out for Barry Marshall. This week I want to give a shout out to Alvarado. <laughs> so essentially what Cabin said is absolutely right. So mm. we've got, I'm thinking here, eight parameters, mm. okay? And they fit into the spelling of Mantrells. Mm. M-A-N-T-R-E-L-S, mm. okay? So now... M, Kevin, you've already spoken about migratory pain to the right lower quadrant. Yeah. That gets you a point, brother. Ah, one that point. That gets you a point. On. A, for anorexia, loss of appetite, the hamburger side. That gets you a point, brother. <laughs> that gets you a point. Two out of two. That's it. Next up, N, what do you reckon N's for? Have a go, man. Have a pop. What are we talking about? Surely nausea is nausea, oh, nausea, vomiting. Yeah. Mate, you know what? Bob's your uncle. That gets you a point. <laughs> but I do have an uncle, Bob. Well, of course you do. <laughs> is his name actually Bob? Or is no, that it's Bobak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you don't know the number yeah. of Indians who I met when I moved to New Zealand whose name was Dave. Oh. <laughs> and it wasn't Dave. It was like Devendra, Devil Bishu. And I'm like, mate, he's like, just call me Dave. And I'm like, no. I'm going to call you what your mother called you, <laughs> Devendra. <laughs> so anyway, M-A-N, migratory pain to the right lower quadrant, one point anorexia, one point nausea, one point. Okay. Okay. No, that's interesting to me. Mm. Nausea. Nausea slash vomit. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Slash vomit. Slash vomit. Okay. Nausea and or vomiting. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, T, what are you um, thinking? No, you mentioned I, it before. Oh, did I? Tenderness. Tenderness oh. in the right lower quadrant. So, upon examination. Upon examination. Okay. That's going to give you two points. Two points. Two points. Oh, yep. Okay. okay. And then you mentioned that thing of, you know, you push, right? And then the pain will come in that right lower quadrant. Yeah. And then you wait for the pain to go away, and then you release that oh, rebound, rebound tenderness. Oh, so that's the That's going to give you one point. Mm. So, that's the R. Okay? Okay. And the E... This is one, one of those things where medicine tries to like forcibly put things oh, into things. Oh, like my metaphors. There we go. The there right we go. Principle. Except this one's been published. Um, <laughs> the E stands for elevated temperature. Wow. Elevated temperature. But, so but now this is real loose because they're saying anything about 37.3. But we remember when we were talking about fevers before, we were saying low-grade fevers. Yeah. Right? So we're not talking about raging fevers. I'm just checking that our laptop... Oh, it's still is it going. going. It's still is it going? I think it's, it's going. still going. It's the still screen going. just froze. Yep. So remember okay. that if you've got a really high temperature in the context of appendicitis, then you're now starting to worry: has this perforated? Mm. Has this gone to an intra-abdominal sepsis? Yeah. Right. But E elevated temperature that gives you one point. And now we are so we've talked about three things with symptoms, three things with the physical exam. Oh, that was yeah. the tenderness, the rebound tenderness, and the temperature. Mm. And now we're talking about the last two, which is from your laboratory clinical, uh, right. your, your lab uh, testing. The L is going to stand for leukocytosis, which is another big word for elevated white, white cell. Cells. Remembering it doesn't have to be a huge jump. Yeah, mild. It can be mild or mm. it can be normal. But yeah. that gives you a point. And then that whole, sorry, that's going to give you two points, bro. Two points. That's going to give you two oh. points. And we spoke about left shift or, you know, immature neutrophils or a lot of neutrophils. Yeah. That is going to give you one point. Oh. As well. All right. So, man, trails. M. Okay. Oh, God. You're testing me. Yes. Okay. Let's yes. go. I didn't I was, just, I I didn't just, just, just shout out random letters at you and then go, <laughs> no, my name's K. Okay. All right. M. All right. M is, um. oh, my God. Migrating. Well done. Migrating. A. Um, A is, ooh. Hamburger, no. hamburger. Oh, anorexia. Well done. N. N is, uh, not neutrophilia. That comes no. Later. no. Still, oh, the way to, oh, what will make it easier is I think, mm. so there's three symptom ones. Mm. Was it, there's three symptoms, three Three symptoms, exams. three exams, two lab results. Okay, so starting again, All M right. was M. migrating, uh, abdominal pain. Well done. A. So then A was anorexia. N. N. He's nausea. Flying. He's yeah, flying, man. Now the exam. Now T. The exam. Keep we going. got the T. We got the. All I can think is E is elevated temperature. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the E. You want about the T. Okay, I'm working backwards. Yeah, All yeah. Right, so back to the T. Yeah. The wrist is riding up at the whiteboard no, to try and rescue me from this. I don't know what's going on. T is the researcher. Tenderloins. Tenderloins. No, tenderness. Tenderness. She wants a Nando. There was a special on tenderloins at the Woolworths today. All right. T is tenderness. Yeah. Um, R is rebound tenderness. Yes. E is elevated temperature. I'm going to remember that for Well done. Good. And then the two from the labs, L. Leukocytosis. Well done. And S. Yes. Left shift. Yeah. Shifting to the left. So essentially, a score less than four, less than or equal to four, there's a low, low uh, likelihood of appendicitis. Okay, okay. Five to six is moderate. Yeah. Seven and above is high. Yeah. But once again, clinical diagnosis. Mm. It's clinical diagnosis history is really important yeah. as well. Cool.
All right, that was exciting. Mm. Kind of sweating. <laughs> Might have been my chili oriented dinner though. That's... And also washed it down with 1.2 <laughs> liters of protein shake. Goodness me. As your kid goes further into the corner, begging for my most. distended abdomen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, should we do tricks? Let Larissa know she needs to open a window up for a bit of circulation. If it just gets that bad. I'm rather So where are we up to now? Um, supportive care. Supportive baby. care. Supportive um, care. I don't know. Well, anti-emetics. Because mm. mm. if they're vomiting. Yeah. Um, yeah. What other? Oh, if they're vomiting or like, you know, fluids. Yeah. Electrolytes. Yeah. 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 Um, I think what might help is if yeah. we just paint a picture. For okay. our patients, and as patients come in, oh, yeah. they've now moved into the into the bed, mm. you know, and they they have an ED, and you'll be What's seeing their this. Name? What's their name? Mm. Um, Bob Alvarado. <laughs> Bob, Bob Alvarado. Bob Ak Alvarado. Alvarado. And their and their wife is here, Maureen McBurney. Um, <laughs> in any case, so they come and so essentially, what's going to happen is, and because it helps sometimes when we talk about these concepts, but. It helps to sort of visualize for, especially those who are not in the hospital, mm. as to how this sort of happens. Yeah, okay. You know, so someone's eliciting a history. In the mm. meantime, someone's putting in some IV lines, drawing up some bloods, because we've talked about blood tests mm. that we're going to send off. Quite often, some of these blood tests will also be looking at your electrolytes. Yeah. So, especially your sodium, potassium, your chloride. Oh. So, if you've been vomiting, mm. and those are getting to dangerous levels, they can start affecting different organ function, especially mm. the heart. So, part of your supportive care might be reviewing those bloods and then correcting any electrolyte abnormalities mm. if, if, if required, if mm. they're in that range. Potassium is one that we worry about quite a lot because it can affect the heart. Yeah. You know, if they're a little bit dehydrated, <coughs> chances are they'll probably need some fluids yeah. and they're aware. Uh, if they're fully septic, mm. then you're going to go into your fluid resuscitation and starting antibiotics and stuff like that. Yeah. But that is the sort of first line. Supportive care, so your anti-emetics, your ondansetrons, your metoclopamides, yeah. And they act in their own ways. And I was about to say, we'll do antimedics another episode. Yeah, but the last time I, I segued onto an episode like that, that was in November. And then we returned in February. So I'm not going to jinx it because we've actually done two in one week. So, um, yeah. Just for reference, mm. antimedics stop you vomiting. Correct. Anti-nausea. Anti-nausea. Oh, yeah, another, another way of saying it. Yeah. yeah. They stop um, you vomiting. And I also just wanted to mention mm. something we forgot to bring up in like – in the diagnostic stage, mm, mm. which I just remembered. Yeah. Um, one of the, we had a 13 year old girl come in with appendicitis mm, and one mm. of the, well, obviously they didn't know it was appendicitis sure. immediately, sure. but one of the first tests they order, especially for a girl around that age, automatic pregnancy test. Pregnancy test. Because, um, yeah, yeah you just have to check. For that, that's it. Right? That's um, it. So and that was the beta HCG. Beta, yeah, yeah, exactly. Beta HCG. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, back to treatment. So, yeah. other than supportive measures, yeah. what's the intervention for appendicitis? Yeah. Mate, there's a bit of controversy about this. Oh, there's a bit, of, there? okay. there's a bit of controversy about this. Yeah. Because I think I think a lot of a lot of us think that oh yeah, appendicitis, whip it out immediately. Okay. Whip it out immediately. Yeah. But some hospitals and some doctors will say we're gonna watch and watch and wait. Oh. We're going to watch and wait. Now, okay. I'm a little bit worried about this right? <laughs> in my in my two weeks of surgical experience <laughs> as a second year, having only been on the surgical ward five times, four by accident. Yeah. Um, is that? But a lot of the management is dependent on 
where the risk stratification was with those scoring yeah, systems. Yeah, okay. Right, so if it's a low likelihood, then you could possibly think about performing some further diagnostic tests, possibly discharge them with follow-up within 12 to 24 hours. Um, that's a little bit worrying because if once the patient's there and you lose the, like the patient's left, yeah. you've sort of lost control over the approach. Yeah. Uh, with moderate likelihood of appendicitis, you're going to do some imaging um, and you're sort of going down the thing of, are we going to look at surgery? So usually with surgery, you can either do a laparoscopic technique. So that's sort of where they don't do a huge cut. It's like keyhole surgery, I yeah. think is the other word for it. And you might sort of do a short course of antibiotics yes. there as well as cover for that. Now, if it's a high likelihood of appendicitis or, or, you know, God forbid, it's now become a ruptured appendix and you've got, you know, peritoneal spillage of this stagnant sort of bacterial soup, mm. then you're thinking possibly open appendicectomy yeah. and a longer stay in the hospital and possibly a longer course of IV antibiotics, mm. which may even transition maybe to some oral cover post-discharge. But then you have issues like wound care and infection and all those secondary things as well. Yeah. But the main things are you're taking care of your pain relief, you're taking care of that fever, the anti-nausea you've spoken about, mm. fluid and electrolyte replacement. And then if they need surgical intervention, we're hoping for a laparoscopic approach. But if you need a thorough washout or it's just gotten too too chaotic in there, then mm. they often can transition to, mm. to open. So you mentioned antibiotics. Yes. I think my impression of the antibiotic situation was um, once they've made the diagnosis, they'll put you on antibiotics, antibiotics. until the surgery. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. once you've had the surgery. Yeah, it's almost like a prophylactic. Other Is than, it prophylactic? Would you say it's prophylactic? Because they haven't uh, got an established infection. No, oh, I think, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they've confirmed yeah, there's yeah, an yeah, infection, yeah, yeah. but I think infection's like very likely. Mm, mm, so mm. the antibiotic you use needs to be um, uh, effective against yeah. all that kind of like gut bacteria. Because yeah. I think the situation yeah. is like if you have stasis and obstruction, yeah. it means that the gut bacteria, mm. which was like kind of mm. under control, kind of gets opportunity. That's Some that's of them yep. can start acting problematically. That's that's so you it. need an antibiotic that has anaerobic coverage. Yeah. So yeah. I think I'm just looking here, like a cephalosporin mm. of some kind. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not. I think kefepim or and stuff is quite a oh, yeah. quite a famous sort of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kef. Something with Kef. Yeah. That, they're all, Kef. They're, I'm looking there, all yeah. say Kef. Kef. I think that's good. I think let's just say that when we're PD. Fluids and Kef. Which one? You choose. The CEF. Star. You choose. That's it. Surprise me. Surprise me. Surprise me. Oh, but check for allergies. Yeah. Check for allergies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they, you might manage the appendicitis, but now you've got to manage the anaphylaxis. Yeah. And we, mm. don't, we don't want that. Yeah. We don't want that because... That's a bit of paperwork. That's a bit of paperwork. <laughs> um, okay. So the management was essentially antibiotics and yeah. appendectomy is yeah. necessary. Yeah. Um, cool. Was there – oh, I think one other thing we need to talk about is like why have we got such urgency to deal with this appendicitis? Like what's sure. the main complication that we're worried about? I think you've mentioned Ooh, it a few times. Is this is this sort of like the perforation? Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. So essentially, what came and mentioned before, you've got the visceral mm. peritoneum, the parietal peritoneum on the outside of that, mm. and then you've got essentially this very sterile space yes. in, in the middle called the peritoneal yeah. space. Um, and essentially, what can happen is that 
your intestines, you mentioned that you've got all this gut bacteria mm. and people might think, oh my Lord, we've got bacteria infection. Yeah. But no, that bacteria is really important for just doing normal mm. function stuff. Shout out to episode 10 of Meaty Medicine. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Which everyone heard by Marissa Schultz. Um, who's gone upstairs, no doubt, putting away the folding clothes. Um, but no, you're right. So essentially, if, if this if this sort of stasis and this fecal uh, and this sort of, I guess, just, just localized chaos mm. gets out of control. I'm really getting into that word chaos. Though. I heard an old man on the news mention chaos yesterday. Oh. There were some kids in the street who just kept playing and just knocking down bins and hitting his plants and stuff. And he's like, this is actually chaos. So I've just really taken to... This man, I don't know, Sunbury, yeah. somewhere in Melbourne, I don't know. Uh, but in any case, this localized chaos, mm. it's causing this pain, it's causing this nausea, it's causing all this anorexia, all that stuff. Mm. But at some point in time, if it really gets out of control, you've got a weakening of that wall and that tissue around it, mm. and you can have a perforation, which essentially means, common word for me, because I'm a bit of a pleb, a tear, and all this absolute gut bacterial chaotic nonsense, <laughs> right, has now actually seeped into this one yes. sterile space, mm, right? Mm. And then you're going to start getting symptoms, signs of peritonitis. Yes. And this is really worrying now because this can lead to intra-abdominal sepsis. Yes. And then that's when you're now going into a full lights and sirens as an emergency situation, yeah. as a resource situation. Mm. And then you are going to be on probably a prolonged stay in the hospital. Yes. Um, and then depending on how sick you get with the sepsis, you might end up in ICU, etc. I think so, we could do another episode yeah. on peritonitis. Yes. That, yes. Yeah. You've yes. done a poison chalice. You've, you've, you've said, <laughs> oh, no. until a few, I'll see you in June. <laughs> I'll see you in June in the winter time. <laughs> yeah. Good. But no, but that, that's sort of the main thing mm. that we're worried about, um, with that. And yeah. It's just a big worry. It keeps me awake at night. It keeps me awake at night if I was a surgeon. Yeah, right. Well, I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about. Yeah. You yeah. made it. That's it. Episode 11. I feel like this was a nice, compact episode. It was. It yeah. was. Good. Yeah. No, the audience cool. kept us in We've trip. gone down by what? <laughs> we started with two and we've gone we've down to one. We have lost 50% of our audience. <laughs> I was like, I was hoping to say that like the in-house audience, you know, is a, is a microcosm in terms of numbers of how many there are outside. But I feel at this moment of time, we may have more people present than actually listen to our podcast, which is why Kevin and I have to bump the numbers up by just listening to it when we're in the shower or possibly in the gym. The other day I used it to get to sleep and I'm not sure whether that speaks to just how drony our voices are. Yes. Just the fact that I'm thirsty for education. <laughs> but in any way, this was nice. I don't feel like this went on too long. Yeah. And no. I think it's a pretty, it's a very, I guess, a, it's a standard medical presentation. And mm. I think it's something that's good for, I definitely learned a lot about the whole visceral pain situation. Mm. Um, and you learned about mantrails. I, think. I did. Yeah. Mantrails is great. I'm yeah. going to remember that. Man. There we go. There we go. It's up on the whiteboard. It is. The wrist. <laughs> Along with a lot of other scrollings. I just see Hernia Hunter described. <laughs> that, that whiteboard, actually, let me take a moment, um, is actually, um, that whiteboard is a write-up of Sam Owen, we uh, mentioned last week. Yes. Um, he's a, what's the word? I mean, he's a, he's a man of he's Jesus. A um, he's a Nigerian prince. <laughs> and these are sort of the updates of um, 
the, the several women who are pining after him. Ah, yeah. the leaderboard. That's right. The leaderboard. <laughs> we discuss this every Monday or Tuesday. And down at the bottom, what you'll actually see is there's a bit of a TAB. Oh. Um, and, you know, and that's the thing. And then the funny thing is that Sam said his only focus is MD2, which I think is an absolute lie. <laughs> so maybe next week what we'll do is we'll start off by mentioning the leaderboard. Yeah, there's a generous is, betting odd. I might get in on this. The best week. part of it is that is that he tries to pretend that he doesn't want this to happen ah. but he's the one feeding us with the information <laughs> essentially you know so it's it's just a, it's a self-inflicted wound and i think he enjoys it uh but yeah no i just like to throw a few shout outs once okay again. yeah um well. throw a shout out to your uncle Babak. Yeah, i'll actually let him know to listen Bobak. to this episode there we go yeah. we need the listeners uh, that's a big fan i want to throw out a shout out to a alvarado tonight just for holding oh, it down. yeah 19... wait is he alive I, surely not I, I'll update you in the next episode <laughs> okay. uh, god oh, what if he died of appendicitis yeah. <laughs> he died of appendicitis um, and I want to throw a shout out once again to Liam Lowe yeah Liam Lowe, what a Um and finally to the to the to the doctors and nurses who had to deal with your yes situation do you want to maybe tell us quickly yeah about what happened because we're well, I, I had an experience in the emergency department because yeah. i lacerated the end of my finger while battling with an onion right um who won the fight <laughs> as you do these days liam came home to find a blood-stained kitchen and signs of my escape <laughs> it was like half open band-aids which had been rejected and left in the sink. <laughs> um, no, it was a good experience actually yeah, yeah. going through the ED, which I've been... Well, is it true that you tried to go through the staff entrance <laughs> and then they turned... Don't make this sound like an oral presentation. I heard you were turned away because they don't accept people, I'm guessing, with tra- track pants, uh, a seven o'clock shadow maniacally smelling the, the fragrance of onion carried down on the suddenly wind <laughs> and just blood just <laughs> streaming out of their head saying I'm a medical student oh, 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 oh. and they banished you and you had to go and line up with all the non-medical players <laughs> yeah. but only did they banish me from ED they banished me from the building itself and then I had to walk across to the other side of the hospital through the external entrance oh. which is the biggest slap did you the tell place. them who your parents were <laughs> Did you tell them you're the son of medical royalty? What are you talking no, about? No, Jeez, there no, we go. There we go. Um, so, no, I hope you recover as you sit here cradling your your injured digit in what can be described as a rubber glove that can either be used for a prostate exam or possibly to clean a well-used public toilet. I will say the physician who um, dealt with my injuries was rather dismissive of my <laughs> condition. I was asking him about the possibility of future neuropathies and he, la- he audibly laughed upon um, suggestion. And then when okay, I asked- the thing that gets me about that is you say he audibly laughs and 99% of the population, they laugh, their laughter is audible. Whereas you have this proto of about 17 dead seconds. Of, of just, of just, almost like a status asthmatic situation where it's just silence, and then you suddenly start contorting, sort of this tonic conic situation. You then start laughing, and eventually you end up throwing up in the rubbish. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only happened once. Thank you very much. And unfortunately, <laughs> Liam and I were both there to see. But uh, all joking aside, yeah. last week you pissed off the gastroenterologist. <laughs> this week you've essentially called the ED doctor dismissive. So those specialities are really narrowing down, the guy. Really narrowing down. And as I take another look into your tonsils from about four meters away, such as the absolute girth of your oral orifice as you laugh, I might just bring this episode to an end. Oh, On behalf of Kevin and myself and his injured digit and his injured ego, ladies and gentlemen, episode 11 in the books. We'll Thank see you next time. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, All right. See you soon.